Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 and you will save 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I, of course, here have a Breck Brew in my hand as I report to you live if you're watching us on the YouTube, Facebook, or on Twitter. Uh, obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, not live, but still from the Winner's Lounge, as our NBA guys call it, the Colorado Rockies have won themselves a baseball game. So let me take a sip of this mango mosaic really quickly. And that's what victory tastes like. My name is Drew Creaseman. Of course, I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. I will be flying solo today, breaking down a 6-1 to win by your Colorado Rockies over the San Diego Padres behind some fantastic pitching out of Kyle Freeland for the second out of two games so far this season. Some incredible defense out of guys you expect to get incredible defense out of in Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado. Some timely hitting, some patient hitting. It has been really one of the more complete games of the year for the Colorado Rockies. The kind of answer that you want to see right after they lose in the most brutal possible fashion. And, and they want to get you right back to thinking that they're one Wade Davis implosion in last night's game and one key hit in the first game of the season from being undefeated so far this year. That's how little the margin of error has been. That is how good your Colorado Rockies are playing. Going to break down all of the details for you. See a couple of questions coming in here early. Jack, yes, I was down at Coors Field for the game tonight. So therefore, it was an honor and a privilege to be there for what was arguably one of the 10, almost certainly one of the 20 best plays in the history of Nolan Arenado. And that, my friends, is saying something. He made, look, we got to talk about the 6-1 to win. We got to talk about Kyle Freeland. I got to tell you who the king of the game was, but that was absurd. That he ran 180 feet from a shifted third base position into what I can only describe as medium to deep left field foul territory and made on a dead run a basket catch over his shoulder. Now, if he doesn't catch that ball, it's a foul ball. And Freeland was so good tonight, he's probably still getting outs. And it's, you know, game six of the season. That said... Just from a technical and difficulty standpoint, that was one of the most impressive things that we have seen Nolan Arenado ever do defensively. And this is a guy who's already seven for seven in gold gloves and has won the last two or, or three platinum. I'm, look, he's got all of the defensive hardware. It can be difficult to keep track. So there was plenty of fantastic defense out there tonight. He made another great diving play up the middle again in a shifted position. He looked more like a shortstop. He was almost behind second base when he finished that play. Trevor Story, Trevor Story, Trevor Story showing off the leather. Boy, oh boy, did he make some fantastic, fantastic plays. We'll come back to him in just a little bit because he wasn't just getting it done 
on offense. In fact, let's just do this here since DJ is coming in right now and saying story for 2020 MVP draft Kings can book it. Let's have some draft Kings conversation because that is your draft King of the game. Look, I'd love to give it to Kyle Freeland. I think this is the second time this has happened to him now where if you're looking for long-term you know, down the road, what's the biggest, most important positive sign out of this game? It's not that Trevor Story can pick it and hit the ball far. You knew that. You knew that. It's that Kyle Friedland did what he did. That's the bigger news story. But for this game, come on, the kid was everywhere. He was doing crazy stuff out there. A couple of base hits, drawing a walk, uh, scoring his runs for that bet, if you like that. And also hitting one at 107 miles an hour. No doubt or couldn't quite get it onto the concourse for that concourse kid moniker. But I think that's because he just didn't quite lift it enough. I I think it was just too low of a line drive. He hit it hard enough that it could have gotten to the concourse. That was just a massive, massively impressive shot. And since we are on the subject, I may as well remind you all now, in case you're wondering, well, what are you talking about, the, the draft king of the game, and where, where am I going to go pick up on this Trevor Story MVP? I remember Patrick Lyons had that one before the season. Maybe take Stowe over Arenado. We had him real good in that runs category, and he's staying near the top of the league so far, both in home runs, hitting his fourth today, and in that runs category. So keep your eye out on him and all of these other fun and interesting Rockies bets. But in order to do that, you've got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You've got to use that promo code DNVR, which gives you a special odds boost to bet 20 to win 100 bucks on a team of your choosing. So whether or not you're picking you know, for the Rockies, whether you'd rather not bet on your team and just go for uh, a team that you think is really bad, so you're definitely sure they're going to lose that night, or a team you think is really good, whatever it is, there's all kinds of fun stuff you can do. Uh, whether you think Nolan Arenado is going to get a hit or an RBI in any different, any particular game, go and check what they've got on the DraftKings app for you. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions apply. Eligibility restrictions also apply. So see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Just a remarkable, remarkable performance out of a Trevor Story. And MVP... MVP caliber performance. That's what you you see out of it. Making a difference on both sides of the ball, uh, being a driving force everywhere, especially in this moment where Nolan Arenado has been cold at the plate, though boy, did he do some defensive stuff out there. In case you were starting to forget or be like, you know, he's, he's not really been that great this year on either side of the ball. Well, you can put that away. At the very least, he's done now a couple of things defensively. Where you go, well, he's fine. He's still Nolan Arenado, which makes you go, well, the, the bat's going to be there. The bat's going to do the thing. So got to agree with you there, Jill. Incredible, incredible defense. And DJ, uh, quite clear look. If there was any doubt before tonight and there shouldn't have been there shouldn't have been but no one how do you watch that game and not realize that the Rockies have the best left side of the infield I don't know about ever but right now uh he's going with ever we'll we'll have to put that we'll have to put that into uh you know I'll I'll have to consider that I'm not sure what it would be I'm sure there are some great look baseball's been around 150 years ever ever gets (laughs) into an interesting conversation always but wow boy oh boy are they incredible to watch and still in the middle of their prime. Uh, So the other thing, of course, that we wanted to talk about here, the the runner-up for draft king of the game, 
as I, I take one more quick sip of my mango mosaic down here at the DNVR bar for the post-game live. And again, if you want to make sure that you're a part of these conversations, subscribe to YouTube, click that little bell icon, and you'll make sure you'll get a notification every time we go live. So we got to talk about Kyle Freeland, man. This is, whew, okay. He looked good. I don't know. I don't know if I don't want to shock anybody. I don't want to blow anyone away with either potentially shocking news or with my in-depth baseball analysis, but Kyle Freeland scattering two singles and a walk over six innings while throwing only 83 pitches against a lineup that, again, the experts or the, the national consensus considered to be much more of world beaters this year, to, certainly much better than what the Colorado Rockies had to offer. Um, Tatis Jr. being a big part of that, struck out three times tonight. Of course, he had the dagger with the home run in game one before that was having a terrible game. So, so far against everyone but Wade Davis, Fernando Tatis Jr. is having an awful series right now in Coors Field. And I don't know if you've heard this before, but that's one of the easier places in baseball to get a hit. And the Rockies pitching has kept him in check. In fact, there's nobody on the Padres that's having a great series other than in the ninth inning in the first game. And so, yeah, I mean, where the pitches were going, the movement on his pitches, uh, he was hit hard. I want to make sure I get this right. Only four times this evening was Kyle Freeland hit hard. And, you know, 95, a 96, and then the two big ones, the 107, and the 103 on the double. Uh, but that's it. The rest of that, it's the Kyle Freeland of maybe not 2018 quite, but but that is the formula. It is getting the weak contact. He only got the four strikeouts. He's not going to get a ton of swings and misses. Got the double plays. Trust his defense. You understand why. And pitched a good, efficient, quality game. And... Um, yeah, like when you look at the other side that Freeland threw 83 pitches in six innings and the Rockies offense forced uh, Joey Lucchese first to throw 50 pitches in two innings and then uh, the reliever, what was the first name? Quantrill, Cal, Cal Quantrill, which is a great name, by the way. I had to look him up a little bit. Seems to be their version of kind of a Chi-Chi Gonzalez no great numbers. They just threw him out there to eat some innings, and, and he did his job, although the Rockies were able to get to him. He, he ate up some innings, but he had to throw 75 pitches over four innings, or was it five innings? Still, that's a ton of pitches that the other guys are throwing while the Rockies are out there being super efficient. And then while the innocent coming in here, exactly right. Then Yancey going for 36 pitches over a couple of innings. Uh, his first blemish of the year gives up a home run to Trent Grisham, who cares? Comes back and strikes out the next two guys. That's what you want to see. You can give up the bomb every once in a while. You don't want to walk two guys and give up the bomb or, or walk a couple of guys and then the hit and then the hit in the gap and then the bomb, right? So the way he responded, the way Tyler Kinley came out, uh, that's the Tyler Kinley experience. It's funny. You, you want to avoid reaching too many conclusions by just looking at a guy's numbers on a piece of paper. But so far, uh, Tyler Kinley has been everything that I thought when I looked at all of his numbers on a piece of paper. I guess I probably looked at them through a, a computer screen, as it were. But the second the Rockies acquired him, I went, wow, okay. Well, this guy throughout his minor league career and, and his days in Florida, a lot of strikeouts, a high walk rate, 
doesn't give up a ton of runs. What do you do tonight? Walked a couple of guys, struck everybody out, ball game. And you live with that, right? Especially because the stuff is so nasty. The slider is freakish, freakish. And the Rockies now can do this. And, and I hope people took a, had the opportunity to read my article today about Wade Davis. Uh, if you're not a subscriber to the DNVR.com, make sure that you are. Because uh, I really broke down the numbers in that one about Davis's velocity dropping from 95 and 96 miles an hour just a couple of years ago to 92 miles an hour last year to 91 miles an hour this year. Uh, I won't get into all the other details in the article. I want you to go and read it. But the drop in stuff, the location, all of it's bad. Everybody else in the bullpen, the stuff is either trending in the opposite direction or just holding still at great. They've got a lot of guys with closer stuff, including Carlos Estevez, Jairo Diaz, Tyler Kinley, now Daniel Bard, apparently, which is absolutely fascinating. And I even think James Pazos, the lefty, though we haven't seen him much as the Rockies haven't run into too many of those situational moments yet. I think he's got the ability to, he's got closer stuff. His slider is wicked. The sinker is wicked. The guy's a really good pitcher. We just haven't seen him yet. And so I know we said it yesterday, and I don't want to harp on it, and I don't want to harp on one individual. But other than that one guy in that one moment, in that one game, your ball club has outplayed their opponents 90% of the time this year. And that is incredibly difficult to do in baseball. That's it's just very difficult to to do. I I know, again, it's early. It's six games, but your Colorado Rockies starting pitching staff has an ERA after Freeland's performance tonight combined of one point eight nine. I don't care. Like, I don't care how many games it's been after three games. You're like, hey, that's pretty good. Five, six. okay, they're on a roll. We're a couple times through now. We're about to see. Everybody else has, and and D line's right. Thing this year, the the season's a tenth over. I mean, it's we're not uh, quite, but yeah. Like actually, I don't know. I have, I'm not the best in percentages. Maybe uh, I don't. I don't think that's quite right. But it, and the, here's the. The, re- the only reason, I, and Derek's right, uh, maybe I shouldn't have brought up Wade because everyone's feeling so good. But here's the reason <clears throat> that I did. Because when you break down why Wade Davis has been bad, beyond the numbers, you know that he's been bad. You can look at the ERA and the walk rate and you can go, oh, that's bad. Um, but why? Why? That's the, what I tried to break down in my article today what about his process what about the pitches that he's throwing is leading to these poor results that wasn't before you can look at the opposite with the success whether it's Yancy Almonte Daniel Bard John Gray Herman Marquez Antonio Senzatella is the biggest one Antonio Senzatella is exhibit a for the opposite doing isn't just well he's had a you know a couple of nice looks here and there because It happens. Like, no, his curveball and slider are completely different pitches. His fastball has more zip on it. He's in better shape. Everything about what he's doing, and and the data bears that out, right? So 
know your 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 pitching staff isn't going to be like this all year long. Uh, they're just not. However, this also is not the result of luck. It's the result of good process of having learned over the years and of the things that we talked about for most of the off season, which was they're coming into their primes. These guys are all now 20, you know, from Marquez at 25 to John Gray at 28. And, and they're all kind of in between there. They've got a few years of success under their belts, but they've also got those times of really bad failure that they've needed to learn from. And you're seeing them implement it. Kyle Freeland got good results today because he pitched a hell of a baseball game. And all you can do at this point, if I may uh, rip myself off from the last time he was out and and just uh, sort of humor myself in my recent love affair with Hamilton and raise a glass to Freeland. Brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. My second favorite place to get it is down here at the DNVR bar. My third favorite place to get it is when I have it pick, uh, pick up curbside or delivery from Davidson's. But my favorite place to get it is to drive on out to that farmhouse called 303-803-1380 from noon uh, to 8 p.m. DNVR because then I save five bucks off of both the food and the beer and I end up with some deliciousness all the way around. And you gotta you gotta raise your glass to Kyle Freeland in this one. And while while got to raise your glass to Chris Owings. Now there were a few things about this game that were also a little bit frustrating in terms of um, you know, and, and I see Lutro coming in and basically you know saying, yeah, I hate to get on the mood, but get Wade Davis off the team and. And, and I would understand why anyone would feel that way because you look at the rest of the squad and then you look at what Tyler Kinley did tonight, right? And you just go, man. If Tyler, who nobody was expecting to come in and close baseball games, maybe if they'd just thrown him out there, either in the ninth instead of Wade Davis or even just after Davis had walked two guys when the game was still tied and Kinley gets the strikeout that he eventually did and you saw him striking guys out tonight, again, not by accident. This slider moves five feet and comes in at 91 miles an hour. Have the wipeout curveball. He doesn't have the blow you away fastball anymore. Kinley has both of those things. Does he hit a spot every time? No. No, he does not. But he at least has the stuff. And you just go, man, if they bring Kinley before the Rockies win that game. The other one, of course, Chris Owings throwing out a couple of RBI. And, you, and again, you just go, man, you couldn't have, you couldn't have traded one of those base hits for one last night because if he'd have put one into center field uh, like he did in his first at-bat out there in this one in the Friday night game, the Rockies win that one. Despite everything, despite the implosion from Wade Davis and the mistakes on defense and on the base path, if Chris Owings just throws out a little base hit there, like you saw him produce a couple of times today, rewarding Bud Black for putting him into the lineup after that and after he was heavily criticized for doing that. You saw him contribute. You saw him contribute with the legs. Again, we've talked about it before on this podcast about why Chris Owings is on the team, why I think it's absolutely justifiable as long as he's used in the right spots. It's debatable whether or not he was the, the right guy to go to 
for the pinch hit spot on Friday? I would argue not. Other than that, though, I think he's been implemented absolutely perfectly, and he has been a plus for your Colorado Rockies this season. Also on offense, tell me now about that Matt Kemp bomb. Now, what what do we do here? Because now Matt Kemp comes to this team, and a lot of people roll their eyes and, and shrug their shoulders and go, Drew, I don't get this. I don't understand any of this. Well, the two I can think of field, and he rakes against left-handed pitching. So maybe the Rockies are planning on just DHing him against lefties and playing him as much as they can at Coors, and that's how it's played out so far, and he's hit well against lefties, but that bomb he hit against a righty, still at Coors, so, okay, okay, still at Coors, so you've got one of the two things that Matt Kemp is there to do. 457 feet, 108 miles an hour off the bat, the other way. He inside-outed the pitch with a golf swing. My goodness. And we've seen him do it for years as member. Most sometimes with the Padres, just and even when he was at the Braves, he's always hit well against the Rockies at Coors. This is something we've all known. But the early signs could not be more positive that – those things are going to pan out. That, that was more or less what we talked about. The only question is, is he either too injured after last year or, or too past his prime, too old, whatever it is, for the things that made him good at hitting lefties and hitting at Coors Field to have gone away? And the early <laughs> feedback on that is, no, probably not. He um, looks good out there. In fact, I think you can argue at this point, especially with Tapia not looking great early on, that when they're at Coors, you can look at having Matt Kemp DH even against right-handed pitching. And I think you got to be careful about you know having too many guys get cold. Uh, it's something I want to talk about probably more when we get Patrick back on the podcast. Uh, it's something I know uh, I probably want to write an article about this. I've been asked about it a little bit about the guys who haven't played at all. Right, Josh Fuentes, Elias Diaz, Ashton Godot, Jeff Hoffman, Chichi Gonzalez. Now, Chichi and and Jeff, that's obviously a little bit more just because the starters are pitching so well. Rockies haven't needed them, um, but you know what? Why have these guys if you're not going to play them at all? Or, or you know, another nice night for Garrett Hampson. Now, how do you continue to work him in there? And does that mean that Rymal Tapia just because you know he started the season on a cold streak, which could happen to anybody? You know, Nolan Arenado started the season on the on a cold streak, but obviously his job is secure and for good reason, and Tapia's isn't, and that's also for good reason. But do you want to bury a potential talent? How early do you want to make that decision? You know, we talked about the shortness of the season. You got to ride the hot hand. When you talk right now, Garrett Hampson looks pretty locked in on both sides of the baseball. And so, uh, you know, the opportunities to get him in there may arise. And, and I would think that that makes a lot of sense. And the same can be said right now for the at-bats that Matt Kemp is giving the team. But of course, the biggest thing with the offense, as I will uh, conclude uh, the offensive part on this, is to say they keep doing the thing, folks, and, and this, is, this will be the key. Take the pitches. I want to see if I can track down. I may need uh, stats people who are 
better at this than me. How many times the Rockies have had uh, the opposing pitcher throw more than 20 pitches in an inning or more than 18 pitches in an inning? Because I, I know they've had at least two this year where the guy literally threw 19. That's why I, I, I knocked it down a little bit. But that's the methodology. It's working. It's working in both the short and long term. It's driving opponents crazy. It's giving the Rockies their opportunities to strike when the moment arises. But those innings grind out on the opposing pitcher. They grind out on the opposing defense. We talked about this when the Rangers made a couple of defensive miscues in some long innings out there in Texas. Patrick and I talked about the role that the Rockies' patient offense played in that. Guys get a little stale defensively when they've been standing there for 15 minutes as the pitcher nibbles around the edges, walks a couple of guys, does whatever, and then the ball gets hit your way. It, it's tough to totally explode into action. Some guys are better at it than others. We've seen defensive miscues out of the Padres in this series. Yes, some of that is they don't have the best of defenders out there uh, at certain positions uh some of it like the first baseman today just whiffed on one he absolutely should have had that led directly to a run tim cochran this is a great point coming in here mcmahon's ab last night in the ninth so much poise uh to draw that walk not only did he come back but pitch number one outside the zone called a strike didn't let it phase him stayed in didn't let it make him expand his zone to try to get and be like, well, I guess I've got to swing at that. Didn't do any of that. He, he worked it. He got a couple that honestly were were hittable, and you'd like to see him come through in a big moment like that again. The walk was nice. If McMahon puts one into the gap or down the line there, the Rockies win. But incredible poise out of Ryan McMahon to draw that ninth inning walk, and it is indicative of everything this offense is doing in the tone that's being set by David Dahl at the top in the leadership that's being shown by Trevor Story and Charlie Blackman and Nolan Arenado as star hitters who have earned every right to unload at the first pitch if that's what they want to do, have said, you know what, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take maybe sometimes even till I see a strike. Now, Nolan, Nolan's fired at some first pitches, and quite frankly, he should be the guy that's allowed to do that whenever he wants. You don't want to mess with him too much. But... It, but he, he even has talked about needing to take more pitches, and he's doing that. It's been helping in every aspect of their game. It's going to continue to help them when they go right back out on the road and have to try to figure out a way to deal with the, again, I don't like calling it the hangover effect, the margin of error, the thingy. You know, the thingy. The more pitches you see, the better you can counteract that. And I think the offense is going to continue to play well. Uh, you saw even a contribution out of Drew Butera tonight with the same kind of approach. Not trying to hit the ball over the wall. Not even necessarily trying to get a base hit. With a runner at third, had one out, took some pitches until he saw one that got up, hit it into the air to right field, sack fly. So, yeah. It's just been it's just complete baseball out of everybody on the team except the one guy. Everybody else who's played, 
has given the ball club a positive contribution, not just in terms of the results produced on the field, but of their process. They're doing the right things that are, should not only you know lead to the success they've had in the short term, but bode incredibly well for the future. Um, before I look ahead, I'll, I'll end this part of the conversation where it began. The Rockies are a key hit in the first game of the season and one good pitch in the top of the ninth in the home opener away comfortably this season. That is amazing. So, of course, I've got to remind everybody before I get out of here and uh, take a look ahead, ahead at this last game uh, about our friends over at WGT Golf. You can download it totally for free at dnvrgolf.com. Absolutely love this game. It's great. You can play it on your phone or on your laptop. Again, it's totally for free, so you've got nothing to lose. And you can play closest to the hole or full stroke play on world-famous golf courses, including Beth Page Black, St. Andrews, and more. You can challenge just about any of us here on the DNVR staff or in the DNVR community. We're having weekly weekend tournaments. It's so much fun and like i said you got nothing to lose totally free come hang out with us talk some trash drink some breck brews play a little wgt golf on your phone or laptop join our country club we got the third one set up so that everyone can get back in there roth i'm a terrible putter also but you know we're gonna get we're gonna also reflecting real life for me as well we'll do what we can we will we will pick that up (laughs) so we'll pick it up we'll get there man we'll get there so uh, we got a day game tomorrow, so we'll go ahead and preview it now. Antonio Sensatella faces off against Zach Davies in the rubber match on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's kind of an interesting matchup between two pitchers with similar profiles, both in terms of what they've done so far in their career and what they have on offer, though I will say Sensatella's stuff has taken a dramatic step forward since last season. I don't know that that's the case with Davies, but I suppose I don't know that it's not the case with Davies. Uh, he gave up three runs, only two of them earned in his first appearance this year. That's Davies uh, against the Giants. So do with that what you will. It's a, it's a solid start, but it's also against an offense that isn't particularly impressive. He picked up five strikeouts in that game. Uh, I can't see here. Uh, he's made only one appearance at Coors Field, allowing one run and two hits in five frames for Milwaukee last year. And, and we've talked um, I hope ad nauseum about Antonio Sensatella. If you if you haven't gotten hyped about Antonio Sensatella because of the hype I've been giving Antonio Sensatella, then I haven't been doing it well enough. And I guess I should do a, a few more of them because the the kid has got it, and he's one of the. I think I said before the season that Ryan McMahon is the position player I'm most excited to watch because it's so much, you know, you don't know what you're going to get and you could get so much good, but we've seen, you know, some of the growing pains still there. Same thing with Antonio Sensatella. He's my pitching version of that. He's excited to watch pitch because it's starting to click into place and you, you never know when you're going to get that game where he, he really locks it in starts throwing 97 on the edges, starts getting the curve and the slider to wipe out right where he needs them to, gets the guys biting. Even the last time out, uh, he was throwing a changeup that's as good as any changeup that I have ever seen. So, man, the, the, 
I, I'm really, really excited for this one. Obviously, a huge rubber match for your Colorado Rockies, a series win over the San Diego Padres, or over any divisional opponent, really over any opponent <laughs> in this shortened season is huge. Over divisional opponents, it matters that much more. Uh, could be, you know, the ball popping out of there. It's, it's going to be our first day game at Coors Field. Those have been wacky. Uh, especially last year with the juiced baseball. I haven't talked about this much yet either. I'm about, I'm about to log off for this one, so I think maybe uh, if I've got an opportunity, I can do this after tomorrow's show. Someone remind me in the comments, or maybe um, I can send a note to Patrick and have him remind me. But baseball's not juiced this year. There's been several instances that I've seen where you know certain swings and certain kind of exit velo and, and launch angle a year ago would have produced a cheapo home run, and I'm just not seeing them this year at all. And that makes me a very, very happy boy. Um, even though the, the two examples off the top of my head were what would have been home runs for David Dahl and Charlie Blackman. Still, those cheap shots not going out. Like, for example, there was one Kyle Freeland had today that went as a double off the wall. I can't remember the hitter now. I'll look it up and remind you. That would have been a home run a year ago. And... You know, if it comes at a, at a time where he's walked a guy and given up an infield single, that happened to him last year. I'm, I'm now thinking of a very specific game last year where he walked a guy and gave up an infield single and then gave up one of the cheapest home runs I've ever seen in my life. And you're going three-run jack in the second. My start is all screwed up. Those kinds of things really do matter. And, and seeing it not happen, Good news, again, for your Colorado Rockies and their starting pitching staff. Of, I'm going to say it one more time in case some of you thought it was a, a spoken out loud typo. 189 for your Colorado Rockies starters. So check back in with us after Sensatella goes tomorrow afternoon. And if that's still sitting around the same area, y'all might be in for a remarkable end to the summer, you know, if we can finish out this baseball season. I don't want to end on that. I want to end on this. Raise a glass to Freeland. Um, the kid from Denver, I think he's back, folks. I, this, as I said, but you heard me say it all offseason. The reason to not believe in this team is if you believe Kyle Freeland is done. You believe he's got nothing. You believe 2019 is who he really is. And if you believe that that's who Kyle Freeland really is, then yeah, don't believe in the 2020 Rockies. If that's who Kyle Freeland, if that's the version of Kyle Freeland that showed up this season, then you'd be looking at probably two more losses on the record and you wouldn't feel great about your team right now. But it's not the version of Kyle Freeland we've seen. We've seen a pretty darn good one and look at where they are. He keeps doing this. It's a postseason team. Easy. Thank you all for listening in to this episode of the DNVR Rockies podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to us on the YouTube, especially so you don't miss out on any of the live stuff, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all the social media stuff. You know what it is. Subscribe to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of that written content, including that Wade Davis article where I broke down all of the numbers behind why it's just not working out for who you hope is the former Colorado Rockies closer there. Uh, make sure you're getting some merchandise, including if you're a member, the new the new Larry Walker shirt. What are you doing? Other than that, thank you all for listening in, for continuing to watch Rockies baseball and interact with us in these 
incredible times, and obviously that word has many meanings, and, and, and it means all of them right now. And so we will wake up every day with thoughts of Rockies baseball and, and hopes of getting in the game, and I will always be here to talk to you about it. We'll chat again after the Sunday afternoon contest. Everyone out there, I just hope you continue to remain absolutely awesome. You know I will continue to remain absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. Thank <laughs> you.